You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. You don't need to be tech savvy to record and publish your own podcast, but we're guessing listeners of Into Tomorrow would pick it up pretty easily. And it's also less costly than you might imagine. Plans start at just $12 a month. Go to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com to start your free trial. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. It's the weekend of Friday, July 29th, 2022. Thank you for tuning in to tomorrow. It's during our 27th year covering the latest in consumer tech. And I always like to say that certainly includes things like gadgets and gizmos, all kinds of products and services, uh, websites and apps, and all sorts of things available today and into tomorrow. We thank you for tuning in. I am Dave Graveline. I am Chris Graveline. You know, we forgot to remind our audience about last hour, and we never forget this. It's important every single week. What's that? The two important things we remind them about. Oh, uh, to, to check your backup and your spam filters or something. Or something. Yeah. Yeah, whatever <laughs> whatever you want to do. Whatever the or something is, don't forget to do it. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. But it is important to back up your important data. Including off-site. That might be the cloud. It might be grandma's house, whatever. Put some important data elsewhere. Your office, if you're back to work in an office, that kind of thing. And check your spam filter. You'll be surprised what's still there. I don't think I found anything odd this past week. But I remember last week, there were two legit emails. Wondered why I hadn't heard back from some of these people. Oh, there they were. They ended up in spam. Don't know why, but spam filters have gotten extra aggressive lately. So especially if you've participated on the program, be sure to check your spam filter, because we've had reports of people saying graveline.com emails, which is our email server, they found in their spam filter. Good heavens. If you're signing up for our free once-a-week tech newsletter, you're going to get a, an opt-in email that says, are you sure? Click here, because we don't spam anybody you got to click there, but then watch for that email to come in. And then voila, you're in. we got some tech news and commentary, and then we got a call from Nolan in Texas with some issue that I hope he's, we can help with. He's uh, wondering about uh, starting a podcast. Oh, we can so, certainly help him with yes, that. Yes, we can. Oh, very good. So stay tuned for that. The city of Coral Gables, Florida, just down the road from us here, has launched a program that deploys drones to monitor large crowds and quickly respond to 911 emergency calls before first responders are even able to oh, arrive. I like that idea. The city tested the program during its 4th of July celebration, according to local news reports. Wait, they were doing this while people were shooting off fireworks? Yeah, apparently. Oh, boy. Uh, during an emergency call, security services company Bond deploys a drone to the scene to quickly assess the situation. James be, Bond. Yeah, be it a fire or potential criminal activity for example, and to help intervene or identify suspects if needed. Uh, this is according to Bond founder and CEO Doron Kempel, who said that the drones can respond to a call within a 12-square-mile uh, radius within two to three minutes. Kempel said many U.S. cities only need a single drone to service the city, costing upwards of $50,000 a month for 24-7 service. A month? Yeah. Wow. So is that what Coral Gables is paying? Of course, they can afford it. Yeah, apparently. So I'm just glad I'm not living in Coral Gables. Wow. But what a great idea, because yeah. frequently you can't get an officer or fire or something like that to respond within two minutes. I mean, hopefully you can, yeah. but that's don't count on it. But if you've got a spot where you're launching a drone somewhere mid-city that can go any direction, anywhere, very quickly, 
that's pretty cool. And then you get live feeds that you can then share with police and fire responding and that kind of thing. Exactly. I like that idea Especially because then, you know, the police will know what they're walking into before they get there. Sure. And they can be prepared. Yeah. Wow. And again, as a former police officer, that would have been so helpful. Of course, I was a cop back in the day when they didn't even have airplanes, let alone drones. So not true. Yeah. So anti-social media Twitter blamed Elon Musk in its second quarter earnings report. Twitter actually reported a decline in its revenue, get this, of $1.18 billion, down from $1.19 billion in 2021. Those earnings, they say, uh, went down because of the ongoing Elon Musk acquisition saga. Yeah, well, see, I don't know how he would have had time to do all that because apparently he was too busy having an affair with uh, the Google co-founder's wife or something. That's <laughs> what we hear. Now, is that just anti-social media rumor or I, I is know, it accurate? Because both Musk and Sergey Brin's wife have come out against it. But, yeah. of course, you'd expect them to. Well, true. And Sergey <laughs> allegedly sold all the stock he had in any Elon Musk company the minute he heard that. Yeah, so it could be true. We'll see. Could very well be true. I wouldn't put that past uh, Elon. No, me either. Um, while I think he's a genius, he's also getting himself in trouble frequently. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> who knows? And yeah, you're right. I think they would have both denied it. That's not a surprise. Uh-huh. But did it happen? Does somebody have proof? Somebody have pictures or something? I mean, that's going to be interesting. If there's pictures, I'm sure they'll be on the internet soon. Yeah, probably <laughs> on on Twitter, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and speaking of Elon Musk, according to reports, there's now a dedicated Tesla line at a U.S. Mexico border crossing, a few miles from Laredo, Texas. Well, that's not fair. <laughs> Wait, do we have a dedicated Acura line <laughs> no. for my vehicle? Well, Bloomberg reports that Elon Musk's firm struck a deal with one of Mexico's most pro-business states, but the details of the deal are unclear. Uh, I. Ivan Rivas, the economy minister of Nuevo León, told Bloomberg that it was a simple incentive. What we want is a crossing that's much more expedited and efficient. And maybe there will be a lane for other companies in the future like there is for Tesla. So I don't see how they can get away with that. That's, that's not fair. Well, it's Mexico. I guess things are different. <laughs> oh, that's true. It's not on, on the American. Right, this is going into Mexico oh, from the U.S. <laughs> Please, going into Mexico. Yeah, you don't even need. You don't even wait in line. Yeah, well, but now, now I guess if you're driving a Tesla, there's a dedicated line. You get through right away. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I'll never forget having a rental car, not being allowed to leave the country. I think it was not even allowed to leave the state. I rented a car in San Diego. I not only left the state, I left the country. Drove around Tijuana for a while. And then got lost and had to look for Aeropuerto <laughs> and finally got back. Yeah, I was all by myself, but it was a venture, an adventure. I remember renting a car in San Francisco and I had to sign same thing saying I wasn't going to leave the country. I'm like, you know how many hours I'd have to drive to yeah. leave the country from San Francisco? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Nolan in Henderson, Texas, listens to our free Into Tomorrow podcast. Welcome to the program. Well, hi, Dave and Chris. I just wanted to uh, see what you might think about me as a dog trainer and a guy that's had a lot of experience in radio in the past doing a podcast regarding dog training. I have the Focusrite unit and have a good condenser microphone, and I just want to know how I can get a good software that allows me to do the EQ properly without me hooking up the old-time voice processor and stuff. And then I want to do the podcast, and you guys have given some good recommendations on that. And thank you for bringing us all this great stuff every week. 
Well, thank you for listening, and be sure to sign up if you haven't already, everyone, for our free podcast. Nolan, it sounds great. Lots of people have dogs. You may find an audience, and with the hardware you already have, your investment will be minimal. Now, in terms of software, there are options, of course. Podcasts are not very complicated, so you don't need super powerful software like we do as broadcasters. We use Adobe Audition, which is powerful software and does require a license, but it may be overkill for just a podcast unless you successfully monetize it. Still, if you don't mind spending the $21 monthly fee, it will get you everything you need and much more. If you're using a Mac, lots of podcasters start off with GarageBand, which is free, Mm -hmm. and it's included with your OS. It can do multiple tracks, and it's easy enough to use without much, if any, research. If you wanted to go with a more professional-level solution on a Mac, you could look at Logic Pro, but it is definitely more than you need. The only advantage of something like Logic Pro is that you can spend $200 and keep using it rather than having to pay an eternal subscription like Adobe asks for. An eternal one. Now, regardless of what OS you're using, if you want something free, powerful, and something that will remind you of what software user interfaces looked like back in 1996... You can use Audacity. (laughs) Now, Audacity is free and open software. It's been around for a very, very long time. It includes lots of filters, automatic silence elimination. It can automatically lower the volume on other tracks when you speak and bring it back up when you stop speaking. You can drop markers in the form of what they call labels and more. Overall, it's very capable free software, but it is clunkier than commercial software. And some hosting platforms offer their own basic online editing tools. Uh, You might as well take a look at these and see how you like them, but they're typically too basic to be of any use, really, and you're better off with any of the options we gave you. Be sure to let us know, Nolan. All of our show notes are for you there at intotomorrow.com. LifeCare provides valuable whole life insurance to cover final expenses such as medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debt. A final expense insurance policy is fast, easy, affordable life insurance that's available to anyone between the ages of 50 and 80. No medical exams, no lengthy questionnaires, and no waiting period. The application process is quick and easy. You can even apply without having to undergo a medical examination. Just answer a few questions and we'll do the rest. With the average funeral costs skyrocketing to $11,000 and Social Security only paying $255, you need simple, affordable peace of mind for you and your whole family. Don't leave behind unpaid expenses, expenses that, if left unattended, will burden your family tremendously. Benefits include a guaranteed premium that will never increase, a guaranteed cash value, and a guaranteed death benefit that can never decrease. To find out how you can get final expense insurance with a guaranteed lifetime rate log, call LifeCare at Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline, now in our 27th year on the air, bringing you the latest in cool consumer tech. That, of course, includes products and services, gadgets and gizmos, all sorts of things available today 
and into tomorrow. And we invite you to participate on the program, not just because you win stuff when you're heard on the air, but because you make the show. Your questions, comments, your help for other listeners, your tech rage, whatever the case, is really what makes the show. And it's so easy to participate. One of three main ways these days, yes, including picking up the phone and dialing 800 899 into that's 800-899-4686 anytime 24/7 at your convenience or you can use the free into tomorrow app and mash that little button that says message to studio or message the studio I think I haven't been on our app in a while shame on me or an easy way that folks are taking advantage of these days as well is visit our website on any device with a microphone and a browser. So your computer, your laptop, your desktop, your smartphone, your tablet, visit intotomorrow.com. And on the lower right, you'll see a little red microphone. It says, Ask Dave. And you can do that at that point. Either way, join us anytime on Into Tomorrow. Our next guest is a manufacturer of an FDA-approved medical device called Cervella for non-drug treatment of anxiety and insomnia. We found it fascinating, so we thought, let's invite the president and CEO of Innovative Neurological Devices, Bart Vaswavik, to join us on the program. Bart, I hope I got your last name right. Welcome into tomorrow. You got it perfectly. Thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. Tell me a little bit about the company first, Innovative Neurological Devices, and then let's get into the product itself. Yeah, we are a new company, startup, you might call it. Uh, we est- were established in 2018 and received our FDA uh, clearance or approval for the Cervella medical device in 2019. As you mentioned, it is a, it's a, it is a medical device um, aimed at solving anxiety and insomnia problems. Now, are they one and the same, you find, typically? Uh, Folks that have anxiety issues also seem to have insomnia problems. Um, I know that I have trouble falling asleep sometimes, but I don't think it's anxiety. Maybe it is. Uh, So I'm wondering, how do the two relate? Yes, that's a very good question. So um, if uh, the anxiety... um, is uh, neurological uh, in nature. So in other words, you, you, um, you, you, the insomnia then um, matches with the anxiety. So uh, for instance, let's just say that you had a pain, back pain. Well, that's not neurological in nature. That is a, that is a problem with, uh, you know, say arthritis or something like that. So you wouldn't be able to sleep. Um, uh, but if the problem uh, is related to have, you know, being anxious, then of course, uh, very often you will not be able to sleep and therefore you will have uh, comorbid insomnia. Oh, wow. Okay. That makes sense by all means. Um, tell me then a little bit about the device itself. Uh, how did you come about deciding uh, to create such a thing? Actually, it's a, it's a personal story, if you will. Um, my um, oldest uh, uh, son has been several years ago um, diagnosed with uh, anxiety disorder. And mm-hmm. uh, the typical the first line treatment for those disorder is to be put on antidepressants. Oh. And uh, unfortunately, in his case, the antidepressants, um, A, were not working very well, and B, were, um, were causing a lot of side effects. Um, 
to the point where the, uh, my son actually withdrew from school and it was really not going very well. So I naturally, as a, as a father, as a parent, tried to look for, um, you know, some alternatives. And there are some alternatives uh, like cognitive-based therapies, uh, so, uh, but also look for other non-drug drug options and come to find out that there are classes of uh, neurological devices called uh, cranial electrotherapy stimulators, CES for short, that transmit a very small amount of electricity to patients' brain. And over many years of study, they've been found to be successful in uh, treating the uh, anxiety and, of course, uh, insomnia also if the patient suffers from that also. Wow. So I ordered uh, my son uh, this device, and lo and behold, uh, it was working. Uh, it was working very well. And uh, slowly but surely, my son has uh, kind of reintegrated himself back into the society. But... Um, that the other devices, um, you know, in, the device works by transmitting electricity across the brain. So you have to have electrodes placed across the brains, typically on the skull or earlobes or the mastoid, which is the area right behind the ears. Hmm. And in, in the case of my son, he used a device that used there was, the electrodes were clipped to his earlobes. And um, he basically told me is that it's not very comfortable. And more importantly, he noticed that a lot of the anxiety occurred at school or some public settings. And he said, well, there's no way I am going to be saw in public with, a, you know, with a device attached to my dang with electrodes dangling off my forehead or, or the earlobes. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he said, I'm going to look like a Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, it, so basically that, that gave me the, the, the light bulb in my head in, and went on working on a device that has the electrodes integrated in the cushions of headphones. So basically the patient uh, looks like he or she is wearing headphones, but in, in fact, uh, the patient is getting a medical treatment. Oh, terrific. Well, that, see, that's something that a, a good father would say, I got to solve this problem because clearly uh, it, the device is helping him, but not having to wear it and especially in a social environment. So that's really cool. want to remind our radio audience that they've got to come see the video. So we're showing you what we're talking about at intotomorrow.com as Bart is discussing this. So uh, apparently that's the reason why you decided to go with headphones for your device. Uh, Savella device? Well, for a couple of reasons. One is, uh, you know, a lot of the anxiety patients obviously are very self-conscious. So through yeah. the patient study, we, we, we uh, were told it's like uh, to, that, that patients told us that they don't want to be perceived um, as receiving a treatment. Unfortunately, the anxiety still ha carries some stigma, you know. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate, but it, it, it is that way. So patients uh, wanted to basically um, be indistinguishable from everybody else. So that was the reason for the headphones. And the second thing is, in order for the treatment to be effective, patients really need to use uh, the device daily, at least initially. And to get the compliance of the patients, you really want to make a device that can integrate into the patient's life. And we thought with everybody using headphones nowadays, that's made them more natural uh, because, people ca because mm, those headphones are not just... Uh, Dummy-looking headphones, they're fully functioning Bluetooth noise-canceling headphones. So people can listen to music. Um, and in fact, the noise-canceling is part of the treatment because uh, when you have an anxiety attack, you want to um, kind of eliminate external, external stimuli. Oh. So basically put yourself in a quiet environment so that you can kind of rebase yourself. And that's way, where the noise-canceling also comes during the treatment. 
So how soon typically, Bart, can the patient begin to feel better if they're starting to use a Cervella device and, and you know, getting in the habit of taking advantage of it? Is there a time frame that most people uh, start to say, well, this is really working? Typically, uh, we uh, see that initial um, res- response, meaning that the patient will actually figure out whether the, the, he, he or she is a respondent to this device, will occur within a two to four week period. And that's why, uh, you know, one of the reasons we give people 30-day trial period is because within the 30 days, the patient should be definitely able to figure out whether the device essentially is working for for the patient. Okay, good. Now, does this require a prescription? Uh, Is this something that somebody can order otherwise? We've got to work with the doctor for it. Uh, Tell me about that procedure. Yes. uh, In the United States, uh, the FDA requires that the patient uh, obtains a prescription or uh, device authorization from a licensed healthcare provider. Uh, the patient can go to her um, doctor um, or nurse practitioner and pers- per- um, provider that is, um, you know, able to write a prescription. We also offer uh, through our independent uh, license provider, we just started that recently, an ability for patient to obtain the uh, authorization at no cost. Oh, that's, well, that's very helpful. So maybe if they know they have an issue or someone in your family has the issue uh, and you don't have the opportunity to get to the doctor or your primary says, I'm not familiar with this or don't know, then apparently we can visit your site and you can kind of help us uh, through that process. That's right. Through, through, the, um, through the website, we um, contracted with a licensed provider that is uh, allowed to screen the patient and then provide, uh, if the patient qualifies, to provide them uh, the authorization that, that then allows us to legally sell the device to the patient. Oh, terrific. We're chatting with the president and CEO of Innovative Neurological Devices, Bart Vasavik. There's much more to come. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned as we continue our discussion with him when Into Tomorrow continues. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. Thank you for tuning in to Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. We're chatting with the president and CEO of Innovative Neurological Devices, Bart Vasavik. Now, I assume that this is something that one would wear in order to help fall asleep. Do they wear it at night, for example, if it's an insomnia issue as well? It sort of depends from patient to patient. Some patients feel um, very sleepy and relaxed after the treatment. Uh, And for those patients, in fact, some people use it at the onset of anxiety to to sort of bring the 
immediately the anxiety level down within a few minutes, uh, and, and then they feel relaxed. And for those patients, we recommend that, yeah, if they, want, if they have trouble falling asleep, that they can use that, um, the treatment uh, before bedtime. The treatment, by the way, is 30 minutes long, so uh, they would use that uh, prior to bedtime. Some people, on the other hand, feel quite energized, like they just drank a cup of coffee. And for those patients, we obviously uh, recommend that they do it maybe earlier, like at midday or so, so that they don't have uh, trouble falling asleep. It is There is a little bit of experimentation involved. So initially, at least, we recommend that patients use it midday, and then they figure out how they respond to it immediately post-treatment, and then they will, they can adjust. Gotcha. And, and it does make sense that everybody is different, so you may react differently. Uh, perhaps you have more anxiety issues than you do insomnia or vice versa. And that's what, of course, you need to, to work with it. How does it compare? I'm, I'm kind of hearing my audience in my head uh, to drug-based therapies then. If, if folks are on various medications currently and want to consider uh, a device such as this. So obviously, this device needs to be um, used in, in consultation with a provider, with a doctor, especially if the patient is already on antidepressants or some, on some sort of drugs. Um, the good news is that uh, unlike incorporating a uh, new drug into already existing drug, you have to consider the, uh, you know, the contraindications and also the uh, adverse events or how this, this new drug is going to uh, react to the old drug. Yeah. With this device, patients, uh, because it works completely different, it's not a chemical reaction, patients can use this device in conjunction uh, with drugs. So, um, for instance, an uh, example of use of the patient that's on drugs would be a patient is using um, the, the drug, but the drug maybe is not effective anymore or, or it's losing its efficacy over time. We, okay. see, we, we see and hear it all the time. And then the patient can try to supplement um, the treatment with, with device like Cervella. Mm, and uh, or maybe the patient wants to get off the drug because the side effects are you know mm, you know severe or significant, and then they can work with the provider to start using the device and maybe slowly work the drug off. Got you. So for those listening or or watching this video and saying, well, so you're not telling someone stop your medication and just go with this device. That's not the happening. That's not the case. Uh, but again, the importance of working with your physician to be able to determine if you're going to be able to wean off uh, some medication, some drug therapy and see how this works. It, it, that also makes sense. I'm wondering why isn't this type of device maybe used as the first line treatment? Or do you expect that at some point it will be, uh, unless big pharma gets in the way again, uh, to be able to say, rather than drug someone, let's try this first? That's a very good question. And we ask that question ourselves. Um, I will uh, preface this by saying that outside of the United States, devices like that are used uh, as a first-line treatments. And in Europe and Asia, these devices are sold often at a pharmacy. So um, just like uh, blood pressure monitors in the United States, you can walk to a pharmacy and obtain one of those devices. Sure. In the U.S., I think historically, um, you know, pharmacological treatments were often considered and still are considered first-line treatment for pretty much everything. So, and people are not naturally thinking, oh, should I look at the medical device to treat a treatment, uh, to treat a condition? Um, but I think the combination of the fact that some historical aspects and also the fact that the marketing budgets and just simply the size of the companies like ourselves 
are just minuscule in comparison to what uh, the pharmacological companies are. We just don't have the, the marketing budget and an outreach that is needed to, to sure. promote a device like that. And, and that's, I think, Bart, the sad story. You're very hitting the nail on the head, very accurate there, because in many cases, especially what we're talking about here, it seems to me that a medical device uh, is a far better option than just saying, oh, give them drugs. You know, it's just, you know, make them mellow out. It's a more antidepressants, please. You know, that kind of thing doesn't necessarily mean that's the answer. Again, big pharma would argue. Uh, but the point is, uh, we should look into these devices. Talk to your doctors about what's available on the market for any condition that you may have before just saying, let's solve it with a pill. Uh, and I mean, that's my opinion, but I think it's probably a very valid one at this point. What does Cervella cost? So the uh, Cervella costs uh, 600, approximately $600, depending on if we have any promotions going on. Um, and um, that's a pretty much a one-time purchase. There are no really um, additional maintenance required items other than periodical gel replacements that is required because a patient needs to use a little bit of conductive gel on the electrodes. Um, and then periodically, maybe annually replace the ear cushions, which they are the electrodes, yeah. uh, because they do they would wear out over time. Got you. So no uh, subscription fees or anything of that nature, uh, no monthly fees in order to use such a thing, uh, but figure around $600. But if it's going to solve an anxiety and insomnia problem, I'm sure it's worth every penny. And, and the uh, important aspect that I want to stress out, if it doesn't work, we will take it back because we understand that uh, just like drugs are not effective for everybody, this device will not work for everybody. So we do give the 30-day 30, um, 30 evaluation period. If it doesn't work, send it back. Um, yeah. So And, and uh, unlike the drugs, also, I would say that you can stop it immediately and don't have to um, wean yourself off like uh, with the drugs. If it doesn't work, just stop using it and... Um, and, you know, send it back to us. Well, Bart, kudos to you guys. It sounds like uh, you're doing all the right things, and and I, I very much like the fact that folks can send it back if it doesn't work for them. Again, everyone's different. Uh, so maybe it works for some people, and maybe it doesn't for others. Do you find that some folks are able to use the same device for others in the family? Again, we're prefacing with, uh, you know, physician advice or that sort of thing, but can one device be shared? Uh, certainly, um, the device can be shared. There's nothing in the software uh, or, or with the device that prohibits it by sharing it. Um, of course, uh, you know, in a clinical setting, we, we have to worry about cross-contamination from yeah. patient to patient because the device touches the patient. Um, but if it's a family situation, then typically people don't worry about that kind of a thing. Yeah, very true. President and CEO of Innovative Neurological Devices, and it certainly sounds just like that's the case. Bart, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us. Uh, we'll stay on track and stay in touch. Let us know how things continue to progress, and we hope it helps more and more people every day. Thank you very much for having me on the show. It's our pleasure. Bart uh, Vaswavik is the president and CEO of Innovative Neurological Devices. Again, visit them at cervella.us. We'll get you there. Stop by intotomorrow.com. I'm Dave Graveline bringing you further into tomorrow. Stay tuned. Much more to come right here on the Advanced Media Network.
You don't need to be tech-savvy to record and publish your own podcast, but we're guessing listeners of Into Tomorrow would pick it up easily. And it's also less costly than you might imagine. Plans start at just $12 a month. Go to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com to start your free trial. listening to Into Tomorrow. I'm Cameron Graveline, reminding you to participate by letting us hear you on the show and win prizes. Call 800-899-INTO, use a free Into Tomorrow app, or click the Ask Dave microphone at intotomorrow.com. Now, back to the guys. Well, thank you, Cameron. We appreciate that. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Omnipod. Say goodbye to multiple daily insulin injections and simplify life with diabetes. Learn more at Omnipod.com slash Dave. It has certainly made my life more simple. God knows I needed that. So do check out Omnipod.com slash Dave. Let me know what you think. Sometimes a digital device can have more than one use. For example, the Apple Watch turns out to be useful in tracking symptoms of a disease. With this week's Into Tomorrow Health Tech Minute, here's Alfred Poor. Thanks, Dave. Parkinson's is a progressive disease of the central nervous system that can lead to uncontrollable muscle tremors, making it difficult to walk or talk. Medication can help control the symptoms, but there is no cure. One important part of managing the disease is to track the progress of the symptoms. Typically, this is done in a doctor's office using somewhat subjective testing. The FDA recently cleared the use of an app from Rune Labs that uses data from an Apple Watch to monitor the symptoms of a patient with Parkinson's. The motion sensors in the watch capture the wearer's movements over extended periods of time instead of just from a short clinical visit. This data can help track the progress of the disease and monitor the effectiveness of medications and other treatments. This won't cure Parkinson's, but it could help make it easier for tens of thousands of patients to manage the disease. For Into Tomorrow, I'm Alfred Poor. Back to you, Dave. And we thank you as we do every week, Alfred. You certainly want to sign up for his free weekly newsletter. Be sure to do that at healthtechinsider.com. Oh, you know what it's time for? What's that? Um, how about the cool Into Tomorrow Hot Summer Giveaway? That's what I thought. We've got goodies for you, like Western Digital sent us a bunch of their 256-gig SanDisk iExpand wireless phone chargers with automatic backup. They're worth $120 a piece. Or how about some of their 2-terabyte WD Black P10 external gaming hard drives? Awesome. Not to be outdone, Skosh sent a box full of goodies, including an armband heart rate monitor, a PowerUp 600 jump starter with flashlight and USB charging outlet, Magic Mount Pro Charge 5 for MagSafe and Chi-enabled phones, and a portable power bank. How about from Sanjean, an RCR40 AM FM Bluetooth digital clock radio. They sent us several to share with you, and they're worth 150 bucks a pop. That's also been one of our other uh, most requested prizes, That's because of true. course it's radio. Yeah, and we've got <laughs> listeners who would like another cool new radio from pivo we've got several of their pivo pod actives you can capture video and images with 360 degree motion tracking target exposure and auto zoom how would you like your tushy to be nice and warm and washed and air blown dry and
time. Just be nice. It would be nice. Well, you could win from Brondell. Their new Swash CL2200 Ultra Thin Luxury Bidet Toilet Seat. It even comes with remote control. It's worth $650. They also provided several of their Go Spa collapsible travel bidets worth 25 bucks a pop. When you're done washing your tushy, you can wash your dishes. With hey, not with Bob, the same no, device. No, with, no, no. With Bob the Mini Dishwasher oh, from Dantec. Yes. <laughs> That's worth 450 bucks yeah, right there. A lot of people wanting that. Now, mind you, this is for someone who lives alone or with some other person, and perhaps they just don't have a lot of dishes because it's a mini dishwasher. Yes. But Bob, as in SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes. Yeah. Tivic Health sent us a bunch of their clear-up microcurrent devices to relieve congestion from colds, flu, and allergies. How does one participate to win? Because it's so easy. It is easy. You just have to let us hear you by uh, calling the Ask Dave hotline, 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. You could use the free Into Tomorrow app to send a message to studio, or you can hit that Ask Dave microphone at intotomorrow.com. Now, what should you do if you hit the Ask Dave microphone? There's a simple request, three little items that we want you to be sure and include when you send that in, when you mention your question, comment, help for other listener, whatever. Yeah, please tell us your name. First how, name is yeah, fine. First name. How you hear the show. Okay. And uh, where you're participating from. Oh, okay. It's easy. Yeah. Okay. You can do that. Richard in Benton, Louisiana, listens smartly to our free podcast. And we love you for it. Participating with the Ask Dave button at intotomorrow.com. Hey, Richard. I would appreciate a breakdown and information regarding the various apps that purport to save money on gasoline purchases. Wow, very timely question and a good one at that, Richard. They are all more or less the same. They mainly rely on public APIs to pull prices and supplement that with reports from their own user database. Now, that means that you will benefit more from apps with a large number of users, and those fall into two basic categories. Number one, old apps. There you're looking at apps like Gas Buddy and Gas Guru that have been around for many, many years by now. And number two, apps that do something like mostly mapping. For example, Google Maps and Waze will show you gas prices nearby. It can be very helpful. Yeah, apps like GasBuddy and GasGuru will typically offer you some kind of loyalty program discount at the pump. Uh, GasBuddy can be linked to a checking account, and they offer a five-cent discount, for example, and they claim it can add up to about $300 a year. Uh, Now, those loyalty programs vary, but that's roughly the discount you can really expect. Nothing major, just some money off. Uh, You can also find apps from companies like Geico or AAA. Those mostly act as ads in app form, really. Um, We care we're saving you money on gas. Did you know we can also save you money on insurance? Oh, please. That kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They're less likely to be well-maintained in the long run, and they have far fewer users, so we'd skip those. Yeah, I would skip those for sure. Now, if you're looking to try a couple, both GasBuddy and Waze are good places to start. GasBuddy has had active users, as I mentioned earlier, for many years and now offers a slight discount. And Waze has trained its large community to do work for it and report on what they see. So they're both likely to have somewhat accurate prices. Now, keep in mind that the app that will work best for you is that one that has the most local users. If Waze is very popular, say, in Portland, Maine, but has no users in Benton, where, well, then it's not going to help you much. So don't give up. Try a few different ones until you find one that's 
that's most active around your area. Nothing ventured, nothing gained, yeah. right? Personally, I use GasBuddy a lot. I, mean, I haven't gotten into the loyalty stuff, but I use it all the time to find the lowest prices in my area. Uh, while the car that I drive can use regular gas, it can also use E85 fuel, Ooh, which, is, is, which is available at far fewer stations, but can also be far cheaper. So especially when I'm in an area that I'm not familiar with, I pull out my GasBuddy app, filter it to only show me the stations with E85 gas, and then find the one with the cheapest reported price. Close to you. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's been working well for you. Yeah, except for when I'm in an area that doesn't have one, and it just says no no stations in this area. Well, then you have to say, then where's the nearest regular gas, and yeah. what are the cheapest prices? Because <laughs> yeah. so, you can use either. Yes. And they can mix. Yes, you can. Oh, very fine. So, Richard, I hope that helps you out. Again, all of our show notes are, are up on our site for you at intotomorrow.com. Just look for the weekend of July 29th, 2022, hour two. There's your call and our notes. Let us know how it works out for you because it'll certainly help other listeners as well. You might even say all the way intotomorrow.com. Now that we're home more than ever, we need to feel safe. Call it a sign of the times or the world we now live in. What do you want to keep safe? Wouldn't it be nice to have tested, trusted 24-7 protection? Peace of mind, real protection that's always there for you and your whole family? Well, now you can with one of our state-of-the-art home security systems. Call 800-970-8405. That's 800-970-8405. As Into Tomorrow continues, death by PowerPoint is a term relating to the intense boredom of useless PowerPoint presentations. I think most people can relate to that. Yeah. Welcome back. This portion of Into Tomorrow brought to you by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitoring System. Make knowledge your superpower for managing diabetes. Visit dexcom.com. Hey, John in Fairbanks, Alaska, listens on News Radio 970 KFBX, and I'm sure he's also going to be signing up to our free podcast. Hey, John. I have a Motorola Android phone, and I love the camera on it, but once I take the picture, I'd like to be able to um, look at a hard copy of it or something, and I'm not sure how to transfer pictures from my phone to my laptop, which is also on Android. Thank you. Well, John, if both devices are truly running Android, your easiest solution is to sync your phone's pictures to Google Photos. Just install the app, and Google will nag you to let it sync the pictures to its cloud, and they will become available on both devices. Now, the same goes for other cloud storage providers. You can install Microsoft's OneDrive, for example, or Dropbox, or Box, and any other cloud storage solution with an Android app. Yeah, and there are lots of other solutions, too. You could mount a network drive and move them there. You could just email them or send them via the messenger of your choice. You could skip the laptop completely and just upload them directly to a printing service via their own app or website. There really are lots of ways to do it. Now, having said that, if you just want the laptop and phone to both have access to the images, then Google Photos gives you an easy and free syncing solution that was built in to Android in mind. Yeah, now that's very true. So, John, there are a number of ways. I mean, we've heard from listeners that say... They don't do all that much in terms of pictures, so they just kind of email it to themselves and then on the other device save it. Now, you could do that too, but you don't have to go through all that. 
Yeah, I mean, I use the the I pay for a little bit of extra iCloud storage for the photos on my phone. But then, well, aren't you special? Yeah, but then I use the free services for everything else. So with uh, you know Office three sixty five, you get a certain amount of storage for free. So you use that to back up documents. Mm-hmm. Um, I use the the five gigabytes you get for free or fifteen with Google to back up other things. So you know you can find a lot of free ways to do it. There you go, and we got more details for you at intotomorrow.com. dot com.